Today on Unpacked. If I knew the challenges of being a pastor, I wasn't going to be a pastor. No one gets married to be divorced. Do you think you fighting for your marriage would have yielded the outcome you hoped for? When it comes to marriage, the Christian faith has a lot of beliefs and opinions on what marriage should be and what it should look like. So what happens when one of your church leaders gets divorced? Today's guest shares his story. Let's unpack. Being a man of the cloth often opens one up to both public attention and scrutiny, and Pastor Enoch Piri is no stranger to this. As the founding pastor of Restoration House Church in Walkerville, he is a prominent figure in Christian circles. Through his television program, Taking Dominion, Pastor Piri has established himself as a tele-evangelist who teaches and inspires many through the Word of God, gracing pulpits and stages alike. Things, however, took a turn two years ago when the media caught wind of the difficulties that he was facing in his marriage. The couple eventually divorced after 18 years of marriage. This is his story. Let's unpack. Pastor, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm nervous. <laughs> From thank you to I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. I mean, we literally are just, the two of us have, it's just us two talking. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, obviously, with, with, with the introduction of the show, I can imagine it's nervous because mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about your personal life. Absolutely. It's not just you standing up mm -hmm. on a podium, mm -hmm. you know, reciting Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. When did you become a pastor? What was that journey like for you? Wow. You know, I've been a pastor forever. I got saved. You were born a pastor. <laughs> not really. <laughs> you know, I got saved at the age of 13 mm. and received the call of the Lord at the age of... Um, 17. What do you mean God saved? God saved. As I in mean, you, you chose or as in somebody found you and said, we're going to baptize you and introduce Jesus I made a life. decision okay. to follow Jesus. Yes. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Then what happened at 19? At 19, I went to a theological seminary mm. uh, to study theology, you know, because uh, you can never be effective in ministry if you have not studied, because you need to study first mm. before you can teach people. So I went to study at the age of 19. Mm. Uh, 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 then I became a pastor and ordained. Mm -hmm. Then uh, I pastored my first church in Deviton, Alliance Church uh, in South Africa. Before uh, you get there, I'm mm. curious, where did you study and what are your thoughts? Because you've already mentioned the fact that you must study. I want to find out what you think about pastors who haven't studied, people that wake up and say, I'm a prophet or I'm a mm -hmm. pastor and they decide mm -hmm. to do it. So where was it that you were studying? I started at two institutions. I started at uh, Oral Roberts University in the mm. U.S. and also at uh, Pomelela Bible College in mm. Pumalanga, White mm. River. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What are your beliefs then, because you've already mentioned that you must study if you want to teach. What are your beliefs about individuals that wake up and say, I'm a pastor, um, um, I can lead people, I'm a priest? These are the people who are messing us up. These mm. are the people who are uh, putting a, a bad name in the body of Christ, you know, because uh, you can never teach people if you have never been taught yourself. Mm. Because you need to sit under a lecturer or a professor to mm. get taught. 
You know, because you see, most people think it's easy to interpret the Bible. The Bible is very complicated. Remember, mm. it was written by 40 different authors within a, 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 a space of 40 different places yes, yes. of the world, you know. And it's not easy for someone just to wake up in the morning and say, I'm a preacher of the gospel. You need to go study. You know, the church is in a mess today because someone just wakes up the following morning and uh, they think they can preach and teach and exploit people. That's the mm. biggest problem mm. that we're having today in mm. the body of Christ. So let's come back then. You study in Mpumalanga. Um, you now are based in South Africa. Yes. How did you find yourself now actually starting to work as a pastor? You see, uh, I, ju- I got ordained mm-hmm. uh, by our church, then uh, the Alliance Church. I got ordained and I was deployed to work in a church uh, in Davidson mm. as, a, as a local pastor. Okay, so now you got ordained, and how did you find the home that, you know, was now your first church? Yo, it was very uh, challenging. You remember, you know, when you're in a theological seminary, it's very complex because mm. uh, most of the books that we have are written by Americans. Mm. So mm. our society is very different <laughs> from the American society, which I can call... Uh, you know, when we study theology, mainly we focus on uh, American uh, uh, society because yeah. most of the authors are Americans. Yes, yes. And, and you have to translate from what you've been reading in the theological books to your real life now. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, so, yes. so the context becomes so much uh, uh, complex for you as a, as, as a young pastor. Mm, and mm. you just have to fit in and, uh, and, uh, and, and be African for once, mm. and get to a point where you minister to people at that level. But at the same time, in South Africa, we are the land of opportunity. Absolutely. You know, in terms of the fact that really anybody can come here and do anything. Yes. Yes, yes. And, and especially in the space. Yes. Anybody from anywhere, nobody's going to question, oh, you're not from here or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even have to show a qualification to open a church. Which is bad. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. bad, you know, because uh, in many other countries, pastoral work is regulated. Mm. You know, like in Germany. In Germany, you cannot stand in front of more than five people without being legally wow. documented by the state. You know, so uh, currently in South Africa, we are struggling, especially to differentiate who are legitimate pastors mm. and who are illegitimate pastors. For example, if uh, one pastor sprays doom on someone. Yes, yes. We are all put in, a, in, in one... Uh, in the in, category. In, in, absolutely. Mm. You, know, you know, for the first time in history, as a, a pastor, it's very embarrassing going to people and say, I'm a pastor. Because yeah. people look at you and say, oh, another one. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. You know, because a lot has been done. A lot of damage has been done against uh, the body of Christ. And because we're not regulated. Yeah. So let's go back then. You now um, have created the space that's been your, your let me say, your religion and f- uh, faith journey. Um, what was it that actually said to you when you got saved that this is what you want to do? Because many people don't find themselves early on knowing that's what they want to do. You know, you know, three people motivated me in history. It was Martin Luther, uh, the, 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 the uh, activist in the U.S. Yeah, was Martin Luther King. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you know, the way he fought for the rights of the people. You know, first thing that came to me when I got saved was to fight for those that can't fight. Mm. It was to speak for those that can speak for themselves. It was Martin Luther, 
and it was uh, Reverend uh, Frank Chikane. Yes. And it was Reverend uh, <laughs> Bishop uh, Emeritus uh, Desmond Tutu. Yes. You know, these were men that really motivated me because for me, ministry was not so much about standing in front of the people and preach. Yes. It was about getting to the, to the, to the people and speak for those that can speak for themselves. Yeah. You know, these are the people that really motivated me. And uh, for me, ministry, even today, it's more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, talk to me about your marriage, where that began, where did you meet her, mm -hmm. how did she become your wife? Mm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I met her in Davidson, while I was a pastor in Davidson. Yeah. Uh, I met her in Davidson, and um, we dated for two years. And uh, What does that look like? Mm. Like, I've never dated a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what does that look like to, you know, sh share with people? When you're a pastor, do you say to her, please come to church with me on Sunday, and that's considered a first date? Or you are courting <laughs> each other, you are friends, uh -huh. until you say, these are my intentions. What, did, what does that look like? You see, you see, uh, I, I think for some reason, I don't think that I'm a pastor. I don't dream that I'm a pastor. I just look at myself as a normal human being, yes. a man. You know, when yes. I, you know, you don't date a girl by giving her scriptures. You know, yes. you don't take her out to say, you know, the Bible says, uh, "Ask and it shall be given." You know, yes. you, you don't yes. go uh, to that extent. You know, for me, it was just a normal relationship. But for her, the first date, she told me, "I hate." Pastors, I don't want to wow. date a pastor. I don't and she be... knew you were a pastor. She knew I was a pastor. Yes, yes. You know, and she used to visit our church. Uh, uh, fortunately, she wasn't a member of, uh, of of our church. Why do you say fortunately? Fortunately, because uh, you see, you can't date in the same church where you are pastoring. But you said you're just a man. You don't see yourself as a pastor. Yeah, bo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now she says she hates pastors. What was her reason? I agreed with her. And I told her, God bent all the bridges. And yeah. I told her that if I knew the challenges of being a pastor, I wasn't going to be a pastor. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I agreed with her. But I said, you know, look, you know, I convinced her as a man. So I love you, you know. I mean, mm. let's make it work. Mm. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> okay, so now you guys date for two years. Yes. How did you propose? I'm a very unromantic person. Ah, yeah. and you say it so proudly. Because <laughs> several times she said to me, where's the way now? romantic? Because I don't even know what it means to be romantic, you know? I mean, I'm just thinking, if your reference is the Bible, you might not find very romantic things. <laughs> Maybe you could try some other references. Absolutely. I just said, you know what? I'm red. How? Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm okay. red. I'm red. Mm -hmm. Then she said to me, then I spoke to my brother. I spoke to two pastors, but I said, David, that's, that's, that's it. Hi, no surprise, no knee, no ring. I ring, you move a pen. Later. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so she says, yes, we're going to Lobola, and then you guys get married. What yeah. does it look like uh, being a pastor, marrying a non-church um, leader, and uh, what does that process look like? Because now there's certain expectations of you yeah. getting married as a pastor. Mm. You see, like, like I said, for me, it was just like a man doing his duties yes. to, 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 to society, getting married. 
after getting married. What do you married, mean by that? It's like a man doing his duties to society. As in, <laughs> the expectation is when you are a certain, of a certain age, you expect it to get married. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But as a pastor, I mean, you are standing up preaching about love. You're preaching about you know, a man being head of the household. Mm -hmm. So when people look at you, they're also like, when are you getting married? Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, you see, my sister, it's a, it's a, most pastors get married before they're ready. Many pastors. Mm. That's why there is a high rate of divorce among pastors. Because many of them get married because they are told that you can't pass a church yes. if you are not married. So they feel put in a corner and uh, they make hasty decisions of getting married. Mm. Uh, for me, it was both. You know, uh, I really wanted to get married, and also at the same time, there was that pressure from my leadership yeah. to say, you know what, Mfan, you yeah. cannot pastor us, you cannot lead us if yeah. you're single. You, you yes, know what I'm saying? Yes. You know? so, it's, it's a big societal belief, because even politicians are seen that way. It's like, can you imagine if our president was single? Would, mm. How would that be? Because I'm a part of the union building every weekend. Okay, so now you guys get married, and mm -hmm. I'm assuming everybody feels appeased. Mm -hmm. So what happens? You get married, and then does everything feel settled, or does something not feel right? Everything felt so wrong. Ooh. Yeah. So, Pastor, now you are married, and you say everything felt wrong. What exactly? So that somebody who's watching maybe can also relate to those feelings. Absolutely. You know, you know I think this is the, one of the things that we need to talk about as a church. Mm. Because, um, you know, when I went to a Bible college, we are told that uh, as a pastor, you can't have uh, a formal employment. You can't work. Yes. You must serve in the church. Yes. Now remember, I've got somebody extra right now yes. who is a wife uh, yeah. and expecting at the same time. Yes. And I need to provide. Mm. And at the same time, I need to depend upon uh, the salary of the church, which is not adequate mm. enough to look after a family. Yeah. After a family, you understand what I'm mm. saying? So I think for me, that became a biggest challenge after mm. getting married. Because remember, she's a young Woman, 19 years old, she's got aspirations, she's got dreams. She, mm. she, she, I mean, every woman wants to get married to a rich man for some time. I mean, I mean, not every, me. not you, is it? So what does mom for I'm, I'm dressed apart so a pastor can call me when we're done here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So, so, I mean, she's got aspirations, she's got dreams. She wants yeah. to, to, to get somewhere. And here you are confine her in a mission house. Yes, yes, That was yes. a very big challenge for me. But now, in fairness, did you guys not speak about those things before? Because she had already said to you on date one, I hate pastors for whatever her mm -hmm, reasons mm -hmm. were, right? And at some point, you two as a couple are going to have conversations Absolutely. about, this is where I'm at. And maybe even when you were lobolering, you said, guys, I took last week's tithe mm. to come Lomona yeah, this week. Absolutely, You know, so why, why was it a surprise? It, it was. You see, you see, the way it was done, especially in the late 90s, uh, uh, when you go for premarital counseling, yes. they never zoomed into the financial aspect of your lives. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And also, the other thing that uh, I felt 
a bit uncomfortable, which I am very much cautious about today, is when people would uh, impose on a 19-year-old child to say, manje, say umamfundis. Yeah. As umamfundis, yeah. see, you must live by faith. Yes. You must do this, you must do that. You understand what I'm saying? So we are coming from a background as, as pastors, especially 20 years ago, yeah. over 20 years ago, where we were taught to trust God, which is good, to yes. trust God. We are not motivated that we can also work and look yes. after our, our, our families. Because yes. uh, one of the things that we, makes us, we mess up as pastors is that when we get married, we expect our wives to serve in the church. Yeah. Which, which shouldn't be. Because yeah. she's not married to the church, she's married to me. To the man. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the most complexity about being a pastor is that uh, it's like you have got two wives. The church, the, the church and your wife. And your wife. Yeah. You go to a church and the church is detecting you what you should do and you go home and your wife is expecting you to be a husband. You know, I have to be honest, I'm very liberal. Absolutely. I, I, I see you as a human being before mm. I see you as what your calling is or, yeah, before, well, I I see, <laughs> or before what your work is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I can understand why church leaders are expected to have their private lives so-called mm -hmm, in mm -hmm, order or in mm, a certain way. Mm, mm. Because we want to know that the formula you are giving us, the messaging you are giving us, is manifested in your life. Absolutely. absolutely. So on that note then, how mm. did you build up to the part you, you, that now the marriage is starting to break down? It's, it's very strange, eh? You know, when I was uh, serving as a full-time pastor, yes. we were so much in love. When we were poor, if I can tell you, yes. we were so much in love. We took a long walks along the beaches in Deben, in Cape Town. You know, we had good time, mm. okay? Until one day, one day my sister, you know, because of resources, which was scarce, I saw my wife on her periods putting a cloth. Oh, as in her, her menstruation? Absolutely. Yes. That messed me up. You know, yeah. you can't be a man and you look at that and remain normal. As in, so in essence, the issue was she wasn't using a disposable sanitary pad. Yes. She was using a cloth. Yes. Which for you represented what? Uh, for me, it represented, because uh, we had no money at that yes. time. It, it, it represented poverty. Mm. And uh, also, uh, uh, she couldn't come to me and ask me for money because she knew I had no money. Yeah. But then she was unemployed. Mm. So when I saw that, it messed my mind up. Yeah. Then I made a decision that I'm going to go in the marketplace. I'm going to start look a business. I'm going to look for employment. Yeah. I don't care who says what. Yeah. I, I, I felt like, you know what, this is an opportunity for me just to break loose from the yeah. systems and uh, from uh, the church structures and uh, regulations and uh, from what people say that as a pastor, you can't work. Yes. Then I, 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 I went into business, I made millions, and I became very, very busy. And uh, for, to a certain extent, uh, there were times whereby I would meet my wife at the airport. She would give me new clothes at the airport, then connect Because there was no time. What, what was the business, just to give us context, you say... You decided to look for uh, uh, opportunity, employment, yes, work, yes. but it wasn't at the time your intention to leave the church. You were just wanting to supplement Absolutely. your income. Absolutely. You know, that time, the first employment that I got, the former employment that I got was uh, in the South African Police Service. Wow. Okay. Yeah, as, as, as a chaplain. Mm. You know, I worked there and uh, the appetite of money grew mm. and I went into fuel. Because the business. more, the more you, you get, the more you need. Yeah. I went into fuel. 
I did commodity yes. uh, business, yes. which, which um, uh, mainly I was supplying countries like Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Malawi. And my, my uh, suppliers were based in uh, Dubai. So yeah. I had to travel overseas. Yes. And I have to travel <clears throat> across the African continent. And at the same time, I have to be a pastor. Yes. Every Sunday, I had to make sure that I'm in church. Every Sunday, I'm in church. And uh, after church service, I'm out of the country. So I think there was that part where I neglected my, my family. Mm. I neglected my family. I became too busy. And uh, every time when uh, my wife would ask me uh, for time, they said, no, I'll make time. I'm working for you as a family. I'm working yeah. for us as a family. You understand what I'm saying? And at the time, what is the current family structure while all of that was happening? It's you, your wife, and how many kids? Three kids. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I think that's where things got messed up. Yes. During this period of, uh, of, of, of time, you know, because... Yes. Uh, uh, um, uh, at that time, I believed that I had to work. I believed that I had to run around. I believed that... Uh, you remember... At the backdrop, I've got what I saw years ago. What, uh, you, you, know, you know, as a woman, you know, for me, I felt like uh, as a woman, she really, she, 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 she was in a mess. Mm. This is how I felt. She was yeah. in a mess and she, need, she needed me to rescue her. Yes. And in the process of rescuing her, I became too busy. In the process of rescuing her, did you abandon her? In a way. Okay. In a way, I abandoned her in the sense that uh, I wasn't there yes. for her. I wasn't there for the, for the children. Yes. And uh, for me, it was as long as money is coming in. Yeah. You know, for you, it was justified. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. As long as, you, you know, as long as she can call me that she needs 50000 then I said I'll wire it. For me, I felt like I've done mm. the husbandly duties. And I was cool with that. When was the moment that things now ended? Um, in 2019, uh, she said she needed a divorce because she can't be with an absent father, mm. <laughs> absent mm. husband. You know, mm. I'm there, I'm not there. But uh, you see, it has been said that when a woman makes a decision to divorce, she has already gone through that route two years before. We broke up with you long ago. Yeah, yeah. By the time we end, but now I don't believe that that was the first time she mentioned it. Because, no. and the reason I say this is, my belief is a woman tells you yeah. and asks you and shows you multiple times. So yes, maybe at the end she's saying, I want a divorce. What was she saying prior to that? Was she not saying, if you keep this up, I'm going to leave? You see, it's, it's, it's very strange. She's not a very talkative person. She doesn't like talking, but she makes a statement. What was her statement? The statement was uh, that she, she needs time with me. And, okay, but beyond that, she never said, if you don't give me time, then X, Y, and Z. For some reason, she never threatened me like that, you know? Okay, but what did her behavior say? Her behavior was saying that she needed me home. Mm. She needed uh, time uh, with me. She needed uh, to spend more time with me. And uh, at that time, for me, I felt like uh, she was uh, being inconsiderate in the mm. sense that uh, I'm working. And I need to work for my family. Mm. And uh, several times I said I hate poverty and mm. what it represents because yeah. I went through that. Yeah. You, know, you know, when you are a pastor and you don't have resources, you don't have a voice yeah. even in the church. I can tell you, yeah. you can preach because, because uh, 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 a sermon 
does not uh, 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 authenticate you to be a leader. Mm. What gives you authentication as a leader is when you are in a boardroom with your leaders and you are able to make decision as a pastor. And if you don't have resources, your voice is not even taken into yeah. consideration. But I can see that because also it's difficult to listen to somebody whose life is not reflective of the things they are preaching. Absolutely. So if people are coming to church saying, I'm praying for a job, and you say, it is done. Yeah. God has heard you. Yes. God will answer your prayers. But if you don't have a job, if you're not working, how can I believe that Absolutely. it will happen for me? So Absolutely. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. now she says, I want a divorce, um, but I'm assuming it didn't come as a surprise to you. Not really. It didn't come as a surprise. Like, like, like you've said, I can't just really point out when was the first time she hinted that uh, if you don't do this and this and that, I'll leave. She, she wasn't actually threatening me, but she was uh, coming very strong to say, you know what, we need time together as, yes. as a couple. We yes. need time together as a family. Yeah. You, you, you can't be, be this busy. Make time for us. Yeah. And for me, at the same time, I felt, look, I've got a meeting in Santin. I need to meet some people. I yeah. need to meet some business people. I need to close this deal. I need, because for me, you, you must remember, ma'am, I'm coming from a background whereby you, you are into ministry. You've never done any other formal education mm. which can, uh, which can uh, be relevant to the corporate South Africa or to the corporate world. All you've done is theology. Where am I going to take my theological certificates into what company? Where am I going to go with it to say, I've got theology, I'm looking for a job. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? So you are put in a, in a place where you know that literally all I have is a metric mm. and the theological studies which is not relevant to the corporate South Africa. I actually feel like that in itself is its own episode because there's some young people at home who have studied theology or have gone that route and are sitting unemployed without income. Absolutely. That in itself is its own conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I'm in this space. So what, do you, so, what, so what do I do? I thank God for the brands. I thank God for the opportunity of business. So what do I do? I, I just get myself busy. Yeah. Even if uh, I can uh, make 50 million and retire at the age of 50, I'm okay. Yeah. So now she asked for a divorce. Did you immediately say yes or did you try to seek help? Because you're the same two that went for premarital counseling. Absolutely. Okay, before that, before we actually uh, uh, um, uh, went to that extent of divorce, we had uh, gone to... Um, Dr. David Mulapo, that's mm -hmm. why I would have loved him to be on Zoom yes, and yes. talk to us. I'd uh, spoken to Bishop uh, Katide. Yeah. I'd uh, spoken to Apostle Sitole from uh, Davidson. Mm -hmm. We spoke to a lot of people about the whole issue, you know what I mean, about yeah. the challenges that we are facing in our, in our marriage. So by the time she was asking for a divorce, we had already spoken to a number of yeah. uh, people. Yeah. So for me, it was like, yeah, yeah. Where, where are the papers? Wow. Yeah. And you just signed? I just signed. So you just granted her the divorce because by then you'd already sought all the help you could find and you said, it's, it's fine, it's done. But then how did you, did you feel that was going to reflect on you being a pastor, you being even a businessman? Yeah. You know, first and foremost, you, you must remember that um, uh, people that suffer the most when you are going through uh, a divorce or even before you get to a divorce is children. Because mm. you have got a lot of arguments. You fight a lot. You talk, mm. you know, there's a lot of uh, 
uh, uh, ongoing discussions where you don't really agree on uh, anything. Yeah. At that point, I felt I was doing both of us a favor, but I never thought about the children. Oh, so you never yeah. thought of any of the consequences? Absolutely, absolutely. So what were those consequences? You know, the consequences were, um, I remember um, going to church. In fact, it was a Sunday. You know, I, I went to church and people were calling me, I'm fundi, sorry, shame. Uh, How so did they find out? Through the newspapers. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so when I went, I didn't even read the newspapers. So yeah. when I got to church, it's like everyone knew yeah. what was happening, you know, and... Uh, and um, uh, it was only then, then I started uh, having meetings with the members of the leadership mm. uh, coming to me to say, Mfundi, see, uh, say we are divorced and we can't be under a pastor who has divorced. And mm. it created a lot of commotions in the church. My young pastor started opening new churches, you know. Yes. The following Sunday, just hear that there's a new church somewhere. Yes. There's another new church somewhere. You know, people yes. took advantage. Yes. You know, yes. it, uh, it was a time when um, I needed uh, uh, people close. And mm. that was a time when people really abandoned me. Mm. You know, mm. pastors abandoned me. Friends abandoned me because they didn't want to be associated with this man who is uh, going through a divorce. And uh, that, that was uh, a, a, a Damascus uh, experience where I came back to my senses and said, what, what have I done? Mm. What has really happened, you know? And, and uh, yeah, at that time, it was a mess. Did you feel more judged as a pastor or as a man? Both. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, uh, first and foremost, as a pastor, I, I, I felt actually very much judged, eh? very much judged, uh, mainly from my fellow pastors. The irony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of pastors uh, uh, judged me too much, too much, and uh, they took advantage of my vulnerability, mm. and uh, they even uh, went to an extent of uh, 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 speaking ill of me. Mm. You, know, you know, what people don't know is that divorce mm. is an accident. No one gets married to be divorced. Mm. You know, if there's any... Thing that I would never encourage anybody to do is divorce because it messes you up. Mm. It, it destroys you. Mm. It, it repositions you to be a failure. Mm. This is how I felt as a, as, a, as, a, as a man and as a pastor. You know? uh, also, at the same time, I want to commend certain people like Bishop Benjamin Dobe. You know? mm. He took time. Like uh, Dr. Uh, Mulapo, Bishop Musasono, took mm. time to come to me to say, Piri, Zintit, wake mm. up and go, because I just lost it. Mm. <laughs> I, just, I just lost it, you know? Because, you see, what we don't realize is that, uh, you know, when you go through divorce, my sister, it messes you, the person who signed, mm. and also messes the person who submitted papers to you. Mm. you. You both get messed up. Mm. I don't want to talk about children. Mm. With children, it's, 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 it becomes a hell on earth for them, mm. you know. And uh, if I was given a chance, I was not going to go through that route. I was so not... you would have fought for your marriage? Yes, I, should, I would have done that. I was going to do that. Do you think, having said what you said, which is that by the time a woman says she wants a divorce, she's already made the decision long yes. ago, do you think you fighting for your marriage would have yielded the outcome you hoped for? Yes. You know what I would have done? Because mm. I've got a number of properties. Yeah. I would have moved to another property to give her time to think. 
Mm. And I was gonna be saying. How she said she wants time with you. Now you wanna move to another property. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. If, if, when she says to me, I want a divorce. Yes. I want a divorce. At that time, I was not gonna get excited to sign. Yes. I think it was pride to a certain yes. extent. Yes. You know, I was not going to sign the papers. I was going to say, you know what? Let me give you time to think, and I'll be sending you a track of flowers every weekend. But the reason I don't agree with you, and I'm speaking as a woman, yeah. is because if my cry to you was, I need time with you, and I can completely relate to that. Mm -mm -mm. And then I say to you, I want a divorce, and your response is, I'm going to send you a truck of flowers and give you space. What, what I would hope you would say to me as my man okay. is to say, I'm stopping the work until this is fixed. I'm yeah. going to be right next to you. Absolutely. Even if you're angry at me, even if you want to keep the divorce papers here, yeah. Me, I'm not signing anything, but I want to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, do you feel like you failed your, your, your family? Yes, big time. I, I failed my family, I failed myself, I failed the church, and I failed the community. Why do you say you failed the church? Um, you know, in the church, we've got, um, you know, people come to church. Let me put it in this way. You know, family is the biggest institution that God has ordained on earth. And, uh, and uh, if you as a pastor, pastor, I'm talking, I want to emphasize the word pastor. As a pastor, if you can't look properly after your family, mm. then you have failed the church. You see, when people come to church, people come to church because they want to be healed. Yeah. And uh, they don't expect a healer to be wounded, unfortunately. Mm. And I consider uh, uh, myself as a wounded healer. You know, is, is, you see... I come to church as a pastor, ministering to people, healing people, yet at the same time, I'm wounded. Mm. Now, when it gets to a point whereby people get to know you mm. close and see how wounded you are, mm. it discourages them big time. But you know what's interesting? Mm. In business, there are many people who say, I will never fund a business that has never failed. Absolutely. So there's this, the part of me that says, I would prefer the pastor counseling me that has gone through the difficulties Absolutely. he's talking to me about. Absolutely. Not the pastor who had the perfect marriage. Absolutely. Because when I come to you with my problems, how can you relate? How can uh, you help fix them? You're right. You see, now, you see, you must remember, the, the church folks are very judgmental. I can tell you. I always say business, politics, and church. If you compare where you get the most wicked people, it's in the church. Mm. People in the church, they'll kill you with prayer. Mm. You know, if you've got a problem, you know what they say? They say, Bazarwane Nizwil, Ukuti Usista Sibanuban, Kwenzagalan Kwak, Nkasim Tandazel, before Tandazel, Abapositia, Bazok Sheba, Bakate. You see, and by the time they are done with prayer, you'll be done your inner self wherever you be. I'm so glad the words came from you and not from me. Yes. Because that's, that's also how I reflect on that. So where are you today in relation to your ex-wife? What's your relationship like? She's my best friend. Mm. We talk all the time. You know, uh, you know, there were times... So now you have time for her. <laughs> that's, that's very interesting, you know. You see, you see, you know, there was a time when I was really angry. I was yeah. actually, I was bitter towards her. Mm. I was bitter because I lost things. I lost houses. I lost cars. And um, I lost reputation. You I lost, lost your wife. You lost your Above family. Above all, I lost my family. Mm. You understand what I'm saying, you know? To an extent where by banging every day, 
Gimtuke and Jing, Vuk and Jake said Gimtuke, lunch Gimtuke, until she did a protection order against him. Oh my God! <laughs> That's how bad it was. You know, and got to a point, you know, got to a point and I said, you know what, this is the mother of my children. She had to make a decision of the things based on her own um, assessments. Then mm. I went to her and I apologized. And I said to her, for the sake of the children, I mean, let's, let, let's, let's be civil, let's talk. You know, and uh, we've been talking. And uh, sometimes when she's going through hard times in her business, she'll call me for advices. Mm. Then I'll, I'll give her uh, uh, um, an, an, an advice because I, I discovered that for the sake of these children, we really need to create a relationship. She's on my enemy. She had to make a decision and that decision had to protect herself, especially as a woman. You know, mm. then, yeah, we, we got to those um, uh, angles and we agreed to say we, we are going to raise these children together. I respect a man that can openly admit um, how you wronged her and how you made it right. Like, for you to openly say she got a protection order against me. Absolutely. Um, I respect you being able to say that out loud. Ma many men do, are not able to, to do that. I'm saying this because I want you to be mum fundis pale. <laughs> <laughs> to the pastors who are already in my DMs, continue. <laughs> no, I, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So you would say you guys are in a much better place. Absolutely. Does it mean you are reconsidering marriage? Remarrying. Re would you consider remarrying? Uh, I don't think it would be possible. Why? A lot has happened. Not not necessarily her, but for yourself. Me getting remarried? Yes. Eh. I, that's it. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Are you dating? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a yes, that you are dating. Yeah. I'm trying to. You're trying to yeah, date. I'm so what to. if this new woman in your life says, I want to get married. Like, I don't want to live with you in sin. Make an honest woman out of me. Mm. Yeah, ne? yeah. You see, that's a very hard one. You know, when you're a retained soldier, ne? when you're a retained soldier, you are, you've been divorced mm. and you are married for a very long time, like uh, 18 years, you've, you had known somebody for 20 years. Yeah. And um, starting a new life, Starting dating again is very much complicated. You know, uh, this woman complains a lot about time that I don't have time for yeah. her. You know, yeah. When you say this I, woman, hey, I talk about the new girlfriend. Mm, mm. Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I complain. Me na ngiti. Oh, ya wana. But a man's lapama komla aso pinda ame kona food. But why are you not fixing the real problem, which is you? Yeah, I'm busy with myself. Okay. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy with myself. Okay. You know, one of the things that uh, most people make, uh, most mistakes that most people make, especially when they come from uh, previous marriages, is to rush into a new relationship or yeah. into a new commitment. You know what I'm saying? Without doing proper post-mortem. So for me, you know, I date on the basis of uh, companionship. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm in uh, deep conversations with myself where I'm really talking to myself and uh, wanting to find myself. Whether uh, 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 when I open a new page, am I going to be a better person than I was before yeah. or am I going to be a worse person yeah. than, than, uh, than, than ever before? You understand what I'm saying? So it's not just as easy as the getting into a new place, into a new relationship, Onky dolly, everything is okay. I, I know most people that have divorced, 
they divorce again mm. because they never fixed themselves. You know, I've taken time to fix myself. And also, I've taken time also to listen to my ex-wife and listen to her as friends. Really, where mm. did things go wrong, you know? And uh, also from her side, where did things go wrong from from her side and from my side? We talk a lot about that. And, uh, mm. and uh, this helps me to really uh, uh, never get into a new space without mm. any uh, interference. But it's not as easy as the, you, you can't be with somebody for 20 years. And uh, divorce in 2019, then in 2021, you just say, you know, I've, I'm moving on. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I made very clear even to this young woman that I'm seeing is that, um, you know what, it's not as easy as the, as the, like ABC, you know, mm. I'm coming, it's like I'm coming out of there and I'm getting in here. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not as easy as that. I, I, and and I've, I've even asked for even more time yeah. for me to heal. Yes. You know, because healing is not an event. Healing is a process. Yes. Yes. And I can respect everything that you've said, uh, especially about the fact that you don't want to just jump into, into a, a new commitment of Absolutely. a certain nature mm -hmm. without having addressed the issues that you need to address. And yes, I said it jokingly that you are the problem, but I think you understood what I was yeah, trying course, to say is that at the end of the men, day... Men are a problem. Ooh, I'm glad you're saying this. Yeah, men are, we are a problem. Listen to me. I'll tell you something. In a man, there are three people. In a man. There's a fool in a man. There's a child in a man. And there's a king in a man. And many, 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 many of us are fools. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it takes a very good woman to delete a fool in a man and bring a king out of a man. Mm. I, no, no, no. That's the note I want to leave it on. <laughs> you know, is that you can bring the king out of a man. Pastor, thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Thank you for your honesty and your candidness. And um, it makes me sad that there are still spaces where church is the most judgmental space. Absolutely. But at the same time, uh, church is still the house of human beings. It's not mm -hmm. just the house mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. And I think where you are in your journey is such a beautiful place to inspire people that are watching today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, ma'am. Ooh. All I can say is for me, this was such an enlightening episode because whether you're a Christian, whether you attend church or not, the things that we spoke about today are so relevant, especially when it comes to marriage and divorce. And yes, let's not forget that the people that we need to consider in those situations are the children. I hope those of you that are watching at home got enlightened and that learned something, especially to the gentlemen out there that are looking to take a woman as a wife. Lots to be learned. Hashtag unpacked with Rile Head over to our socials, engage with us, talk with us. Thank you for watching. Good night. Next time on Unpacked. If I walk into a bar dressed in drag, I will either get punched mm. or, you know, I will get the most hateful remarks thrown my way. The drag persona was a shield mm. to, to the things that society, you know, threw our way or said our way. Rilebukhile Maboja. 
New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcasts weekdays at 5pm. Open up to S3.